Welcome to the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Yorko, and my passion is the pursuit of peak health and performance. This podcast is my attempt to bring you expert insights on everything from fitness and nutrition to mindset mastery. So if you're an athlete looking to improve your game or a busy professional wanting to boost your energy and productivity, this podcast is for you. So tune in, and if this episode helps you to optimize your life in any way, please share it with a friend and leave a review so we can make a bigger impact. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about why you have the results you have and what the root cause of the results or the lack of results truly are. Whether it's chronic pain or hormone imbalances or anything in between, I want to talk to you guys about finding the root cause of what's going on. I think in our society, what we do is we look downstream a lot of the times. We look at the symptoms. We look at the results. We say, okay, well, I have chronic pain, so where is the pain? And we start looking at the specific area that we have the symptoms. You know, I have poor hormones. So what hormones off? Okay, your testosterone's low. Give this guy more testosterone, right? It's a flawed thinking of looking at the symptom. We're looking downstream. Imagine if you were actually looking at a physical, a physical stream. And when you get to the bottom of that stream, and that water is running into a lake or a reservoir or ocean or whatever that is. And we say, okay, we don't want this stream to happen anymore. And you just start building a little dam at the end of that stream. You start trying to patch up the symptoms of that. Is it going to work? No, it's not going to work. Those That water is going to find a way through because water flows downhill. What we need to do to actually figure out the root cause of things is we need to look upstream. For example, if you have... Um, if you have chronic pain, chronic pain's a, a simple one for me because I've seen it over and over and over and over again. Whether it's back pain or knee pain or lack of hip internal rotation or poor hip extension or or shoulder issues, so much of this comes from posture. And you might say, "Oh, well, I got in an accident. I went got in a car accident and that triggered my pain." That might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. That might have been the experience, the trauma that led to the issue. But if you are then compounding that with poor posture, you're then compounding that with living in poor joint alignment, you will continue to have issues with those joints because those joints aren't operating the way that they're supposed to operate. We have to put our body in a position to allow for the best chances of success. And if your joints are in poor posture, if you have poor alignment within your joints, then the stress that's supposed to be distributed throughout your body well gets stuck in certain areas. There's energy leaks in those areas. For instance, if you have lower back pain, the chances that your pelvic tilt is no longer neutral, your pelvic tilt is in like an anterior pelvic tilt. Imagine your, your pelvis is a bucket of water and that water is dumping out forward. That's an anterior forward pelvic tilt. So if you're standing up and the back of your pelvis is higher and the front of your pelvis is lower and your lower back has this excessive 
lumbar hyperextension, has this excessive arch in the lower back, that is cause enough. That is that is enough of a reason to experience chronic low back pain because now your lower back is chronically in flexion. It's chronically contracted and your hip flexors, your abs are chronically lengthened. You have this major imbalance and it's going to lead to pain. It's going to lead to soreness. It's like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been stuck on the phone too long with somebody just talking your ear off. Literally, if you're holding a phone to your ear long enough, your bicep will start to cramp or get sore. It's not like you're, you're holding something that you can't hold. It's not like it's a load that's overdoing it, but it's a chronic load. And in your back, if you have an anterior pelvic tilt, an excessive anterior pelvic tilt, your back has chronic load going through it. And within that, the vertebrae are supposed to be curved in a natural way. If we have excessive extension, then it's not curved naturally. It's not properly distributing force throughout. And there's going to be an energy leak throughout some of those vertebrae. And now those vertebrae, those muscles, those joints are, again, accepting more load than they're supposed to, especially in relation to the other ones. So now we have this major imbalance of different load happening. So one of my biggest pet peeves when I did in-person training, because I'm a kinesiologist and I've done a pain-free performance specialist certification, and I've learned a lot through, I guess, examination, through experience as well, lots of case studies. And I have never seen somebody get out of chronic pain if they are in chronic poor posture. I've never seen it, not one time. Not one time have I seen someone get out of chronic pain if they have chronic poor posture, poor alignment, not once. And I would, on a regular basis, I would get people who were going to physio for six months, a year, two years, five years, going to Cairo, two years, five years, like multiple times a week, spending 60 bucks a session, 80 bucks a session over and over and over and over again. And I'd be like, Hey, what rehab exercises are you doing? Like, yeah, Cairo's great. I love Cairo. I go to Cairo. I love it. It's great for macro adjustments of your alignment. I love physio. I, uh, I don't love physio. I love, I love some of the things that physio does, but I love rehabilitation. I love the exercises that create corrective results. And I'd be like, what is your rehab program right now? And so many times people would be like, oh, well, I have these like couple of exercises that they told me to do. I'm like, how many times a week are you doing those? How many reps? How many sets? Like, what's the game plan? What is the actual program they've put you on to rehab you to a, a place where you're no longer in pain? And so many times I didn't even have that alone. That's like the baseline. That's the minimum that you need. Are you actually just going to physio two, three times a week to get them to put a hot pack on your back and do a little bit of needling and then go through like three exercises with them? And they're like, hey, you feel better for the next 15 minutes. See you next week. Fucking pisses me off. It actually drives me nuts because they're not trying to look at the root cause. If you have back pain and you just put heat on it or cold on it or whatever, yes, you're treating the symptoms. Cool. That's good. Like sometimes we need the symptom. We need symptom relief to then work upstream. Sometimes we need to lower the symptoms to then get to the root cause. A good example of this, um, a lot of people will say, 
that like if you're depressed or anxious, sometimes sometimes with those disorders, they get to the the point where people are like, I don't want to say that people are unable to take action. I think that's a crippling belief, but they need a little bit of help to get started. And okay, if you need something to help you get started, cool. Then start taking action on the things that are going to make you feel good in the long term. If you're anxious or you're depressed and you are eating shit food and you're not, you don't have a good whole food diet and you don't get good nutrients in and you don't exercise on a regular basis, exercise is literally proven in studies against the best antidepressants in the world. It is proven to be a better antidepressant. So if you're not exercising and you're depressed, you are crippling yourself. You are not doing what you need to do to feel good. And it drives me nuts that doctors don't ask those questions. They don't actually, like, if you're a doctor, I'm going to, I'm going to call you out right now. If you are a doctor and you have prescribed anybody antidepressants or anti-anxiety drugs without first getting them to exercise on a semi-regular basis or change their diet to exclude processed foods and include whole nutrient dense foods. If you have done that without first doing the prerequisites, you are doing this person a disservice. And if you also call them depressed and anxious and like give them a disorder when they're clearly living a life that does not suit human physiology and the needs that we have as humans, you are a criminal straight up. You are a criminal. That is so negligent in my mind. How can you give somebody a drug to fix a symptom of something that is the result of what they're, they're already doing? Like you need, you need to exercise and you need to eat well and you need to sleep well to feel good. And if you aren't exercising or eating well, you won't sleep well. And if you don't sleep well, then that's going to be a big problem for everything else. Like it's hard to outwork bad sleep. It's hard to improve on things when you sleep like shit, but you need to start exercising. You need to start eating better. If you expect to improve your sleep, giving somebody drugs that messes up their gut and makes them feel terrible in the long term is not a play, especially when you haven't done your due diligence. And that leads me into the next one, which is gut health. So many people have hormone imbalances. They have poor nutrient uptake they have low energy, they have poor recovery, they have major cravings. If you are, say, iron deficient, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to take iron. If you have poor gut health, then your body is going to, I'm not even going to get into that because I am not the specialist on here. I'm going to I'm going to get um, my partner Haley to come on here and talk about iron deficiencies in gut health because she has gone off about this with me and I would be doing you guys a disservice to try and sum that up. I will get her on here to talk about that. But if your gut health is off, if your microbiome is off, if your digestive health is off, I can tell you one thing. First off, you can expect to feel anxious. <laughs> you can expect to be low energy. You can expect to have poor recovery. You can expect your hormones will be off. And again, people will go to a doctor and they'll see that hormones aren't great or they'll see an elevation in this or that. And they just get drugs, which typically when you get pharmaceutical drugs, most of them are just terrible for your gut health. It's like swallowing a grenade. It will fuck up your gut big time. And then if let's say that the poor gut health that you currently have is leading to symptoms of depression and anxiety, and then they give you antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds that fuck up your gut health, you are creating a loop that 
it's a negative feedback loop. And I guess it's a positive feedback loop. I'm not sure. It's a feedback loop that leads to more drugs. It leads to more symptoms because you're treating the symptom with something that causes a symptom. You're treating the symptom with something that harms part of your body, which leads downstream to the symptom you're trying to fix. It absolutely blows my mind that we're still doing this. If we did this 50 years ago, I would be like, oh, well, like, yeah, we were trying something and it didn't work in the long term. But like, how many people do you hear that were on antidepressants and just came off of them? People that were on statin medication or cholesterol medication came off them. They, they were on medication to lower their blood pressure and then they came off them. I don't know a lot of those stories. Example, my mom and my dad, a few different medications for like blood pressure and, and stuff like that. And when they first went on them, I'm like, okay, time out. First off, let's look at what these drugs are and what their side effects are. And then do you guys have a follow-up in like three months to like retest where you're at? And they're like, no, no, we don't have any follow-ups booked. Doctor never said it, just said, take these drugs. It absolutely blows my mind, but I don't want to go too long into this. The last part that I wanted to talk about in terms of looking upstream, looking at the root cause of something, if you are feeling unmotivated, if you, you have a hard time getting yourself to do something, we need to look deeper. You know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, you want to lose 15 pounds. I talk to people all the time, like just in regular conversation about their goals. And I hear people so often, oh, I'm just not motivated. I'm like, okay, what's your goal? What do you want to achieve? And it's like, oh, I, I want to lose weight. Okay, how much weight do you want to lose? Why do you want to lose the weight? And they might have one more answer. Oh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I think I'd be healthier. Okay, well, why do you think you'd be healthier? Why is that important to you? And like, most people don't want to go deeper. If you're not motivated, I can tell you right now, it's because you don't know why you want to do the things you want to do, why you're supposed to do the things you want to do. Example, I never liked cardio. I never did cardio. But at one point, I read this book. It's called Spark by Dr. John Raddy or Rady. I'm not, I'm not sure how to say his name. Apologies to you if you ever listen to this, um, because I greatly appreciate this man and the work that he did. But that book, Spark, is on the exercise of science or the, the, ex, the science of exercise and the brain and how exercise impacts the brain. And primarily his studies were on cardiovascular training. And the threshold is typically around 20 minutes, but 20 minutes of cardiovascular training highly stimulates and upregulates a, a neurotropic factor. It's called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. I think I'm saying that right. I might be butchering it, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And that's like, he calls it miracle grow for the brain. It's like the precursor for brain cell growth and it balances the hormones in the brain. So when kids exercise and they do cardiovascular training before a class, their grades go up substantially. Their brains work better. They are happier. And simply enough, when I learned that one fact, I was like, wow, okay, cardio, it's in the program now. I'm doing cardio like on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be super vigorous cardio, but I will be doing cardio. I will be elevating my heart rate. I will be training my heart and my lungs and my brain because that's super important to me. But did I know in the past, did I know before that, that cardio was good for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I knew that. I knew cardio was good for me. I knew I should do it. 
but I didn't like it and I didn't see what the return on investment truly was. I didn't see why it was so necessary for me to do until I heard that, until I got a deeper understanding of why it was important, until I went from just looking at the the downstream effect. Okay. Yep. Better heart, better lungs. It was like, no, this impacts every part of your body, including your mental health, your brain health, the function of your brain, your intelligence level, how you retain information. I was like, shit, that stuff is really important to me. As like a 25 year old at the time, it did not really matter if I had the healthiest heart and lungs. You know, I'm like, I'm not gonna have a heart attack. Back then, young people having a heart attack was completely unheard of. Now, not so much, but we won't get into that today. But I was like, this doesn't really matter to me that much right now. I can do more cardio when I'm older. But I realized when I got a deeper understanding of it, how important this truly was. So again, if you look upstream, you look at the root cause of something, you look at a deeper understanding of where this thing is coming from. If you look at a stream, where is that stream coming from? You try and block that stream, but upstream you have a 10,000 ton glacier that's melting in 40 degree weather, 40 degrees Celsius. If you're American, that doesn't sound very, very hot. If you're Canadian, that's hot. (laughs) If you're anywhere else in the world, that's hot. Call it 100 degrees Fahrenheit, right? If you have a 10,000 ton glacier that's melting in the sun, good luck stopping that stream. It doesn't matter what you do downstream, that stream is going to continue to flow right? So we need to make sure that we look upstream. We look at the root cause of things. If you are having trouble with anything, whether that's motivation, whether that's chronic pain, whether that's symptoms of joint health or joint pain, whether that's depression, anxiety, poor digestion, should you be taking something to treat the symptoms or should you be looking at the root cause of why you are continuing to get those symptoms? Please look for the root cause look upstream. If there's one thing that I want you to take from this, look upstream, look further, get deeper into your understanding of what triggered the outcome that you don't want. And what could we change that would then trigger the outcome that you do want? Not just a change in symptoms, but a change in the whole effect. If we can do that, we will be better people. If we do that, we will live better lives. If we can do that, we will make a bigger impact on the people around us. So thanks for listening today. I appreciate you. I hope you have a fantastic day. And on that note, we'll be back for another episode. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Optimal Human Performance Podcast. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and it helped you in some way to optimize your performance. If you found the information shared in this episode to be helpful, please share it to your story, share it with some friends, tag us on social media. You can find me at Yorko Performance on all platforms. And again, thank you for your support. We will be back for another episode.